Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Business of Customer Love podcast, brought to you by Mention Me. I'm your host, Simeon Atkins, and thanks for joining us today. Growing your brand through customer love might seem like an idea that belongs in the company cafe rather than the boardroom. But identifying, growing, and activating a base of loyal fans is serious business, and the results of harnessing customer advocacy can be truly transformational for both your company and your customers. We gather experts from across the space to shine a light on how you can unleash a virtuous cycle of sustainable organic growth where your best customers keep coming back and bringing their friends too. So let's get into today's episode. So I'm excited to be joined today by Lash Ferry, founder and president of Distinctive Assets. Lash, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me on. So you're here today to talk about the power of gifting and best practices for brands to help them turn more of their customers into raving fans. Before we dive in, though, do you want to give a quick introduction to our listeners? Uh, Absolutely. My company, Distinctive Assets, we've been around for 25 years now. We're about to celebrate our 25th Grammys. We're the official gifting company of the Grammy Awards. Um, And I've made a career out of gifting somehow. You know, I don't know that that was my intention going into it, but we basically connect brands with celebrities and high profile events like the Grammys. And uh, the end result is often social media content, traditional media content, uh, these sort of media worthy moments. Um, And over the course of that, just having sort of this exposure to some of the world's best brands and most interesting things and products that are just being launched because we're giving them to celebrities. I've sort of become this go-to for gifts for friends, gifts for studios, start and wrap gifts, doing holiday shopping for celebrities. Um, so it's been sort of a fun journey. I'm saving the world one gift at a time. Fabulous. I must say I've been very excited for this episode. I feel it's going to be uh, quite a unique one for us. So I uh, can't wait to dive in uh, a little bit shortly. Um, now, traditional on the show, to get things kicked off, I'd love for you to share a time recently where, as a consumer, you experienced customer love firsthand and really what impact hmm. that had on you as a consumer. Interesting question. I feel like I live my life for the most part based on customer love, truthfully. Like, I'm one of those people who really likes supporting brands that I believe in, that have done good by me, um, that are doing the right thing in the world. Um, I'm a big advocate of we vote with our dollars, our voice, you know, our dollars, our voice sort of situation. Um, but what's recent? Uh, probably a company called Rosebox NYC. They've been a client of mine forever. These are real roses that have been specially treated, so they're longer lasting. They last up to a year without watering them and the spectacular arrangements. Anyway, I've been giving these to celebrities, but I actually had a budget from a client who had hired me to do some gifting, and I was able to spend it. I'm a big fan of spending money with people who spend money with you. Uh, So I bought all these flowers from them and they were really grateful and they sent me this gorgeous arrangement. I mean, I probably could have and would have spent, you know, a thousand dollars on a beautiful arrangement, but it's always nice when you don't have to. Um, And so it was nice that they sort of paid that back and sort of a great sort of customer loyalty perspective. Um, And they sit right behind me on my coffee table. They've been here for the last year and they still look amazing. I can see them behind you. They look very nice indeed. That's a lovely story. Um, Now, it's not often that I get a guest on the show that um, work with some of Hollywood's sparkling royalty. So it would be definitely remiss (laughs) of me not to start the episode by asking you to share some stories from some of the awards that you've worked on recently, the Grammys, the Oscars, whatever you want to throw at us. 
Oh gosh, I have so many. I mean, celebrities are just like regular people. I think for the most part, they love free stuff. You know, Samuel L. Jackson was on the Ellen DeGeneres show the day after the Oscars one year, and he was a presenter at the show, and she was asking him how the experience was, and he was like, well, it's fine, except they didn't get a gift bag. You know, they don't give them to the presenters anymore. Like, they only give them to the nominees, and you have to be nominated to get this amazing gift bag. Um, and Ellen, who actually isn't really a fan of gifts and gift, and gift bags and such, uh, she's like, but Samuel, your, your films have grossed billions of dollars. Like, why do you care about a free gift bag? He was like, these shoes I'm wearing, free. This jacket, free. Uh, <laughs> so there's something, yes, there's the broad perspective of psychologically people like to be acknowledged. And there's this childlike thing that's triggered that reminds us of Christmas and this familial thing. Like, there's all of that. But then there's ultimately like, and I know this in my own life to be true, no food tastes better than when it's free food. Um, and then there's just this thing that's triggered in human beings that when it's free, we want it. And I think with celebrities, and the, I think for a lot of them, they work very, very hard to get to a place in their lives where people want to give them free things. Um, and they remember a time when they were digging coins out of their sofa to go do their laundry. And so it's sort of the spoils of war. Um, you know, Viola Davis was in Hawaii on a trip and she didn't really like the place she was staying. And she remembered that she had this free trip from us, uh, from one of her Oscar nominee gift bags. And so they contacted our office and we were able to get her into our place um, while she was there. And she posted all these pictures on social media. Um, so obviously the resort was happy and that sort of sprinkles the stardust on it. Um, you know, celebrities wearing the stuff we give them is sort of always the best thank you. So like we'd given these amazing t-shirts that said, uh, strong is the new skinny. Um, and they were from a Miami based personal trainer. Amy Adams wore the one we'd given her in her gift bag the day before to the gym the next day it was photographed and all these paparazzi shots. Um, but I don't know. I just always, because I put them together and they're like my child, I have this attachment to them. I want people to enjoy them. I put them together hoping that the you know celebrity will enjoy them. And I've been with quite a few celebrities who go through their gift bags, making their piles of, this is what I'm keeping. This is for my mom. This is for my significant other. This is for my assistant. It's kind of like the fun process. So, you know, even the most recent Oscars, I'd gotten an email and the subject line was Colin Farrell. Um, and there was a link to one of the articles about our incredible nominee gift bags. And I was like, oh, this is going to be some problem. <laughs> you know, you never want to hear from a celebrity's person, like after the fact. I was like, I didn't know if a client had maybe used his name in an incorrect way or something had happened. But the, the reality was that he had seen this link. He's like, where's mine? Like, why didn't I get mine? Like he wanted to, they needed to track it down. And it was in, it had been delivered. It was just like in a place that he wasn't and it hadn't gotten to him and, somebody a ball had been dropped and so anyway we were able to connect the dots and he got it um but it just sort of goes to show that even when you're colin farrell and you read an article about this two hundred thousand dollar gift bag that the oscar nominees got and you're like where's mine i want that i want some free trips i want some you know free skincare like whatever the case might be so those are just a few things that come to mind it's just fascinating, uh, particularly thinking of Samuel L. Jackson just draped in free stuff. I, I don't think I'll ever quite look at him the same way again now. Um, <laughs> well, he's not, un, he's not unusual, but the reality was that after I saw that interview, I was like, I'm going to give you a free gift bag. So I sent him and his wife a gift bag the next day, um, and they got to enjoy it. And you started to touch on it a little bit there, but I'd like to, to go in a little bit more depth. Why do you think that gifts are so highly coveted, whether you're an everyday consumer or a celebrity that could afford anything? Like, what is, 
what is the draw and what is the real kind of um, passion and love around receiving a free gift, do you think? I really do think it's the uh, being thought of, being remembered. Mm. I'm a big birthday person. I don't understand people who are like, oh, it's not, like, not a big deal. It's just my birthday. I'm like, what? I'm already planning my birthday party. I have like 100 people over and it's just like such a fun thing. And I love going through all my gifts. And it's not always the most expensive ones that stand out to me, although I love those. Um, it's really the ones where an emotion is triggered or someone writes a note like, oh, I'll never forget our vacation that we took to the Bahamas and I saw this cheese board and it had these ocean waves on it and it reminded me of you. And it's sort of this emotional trigger, I think, a lot of times with gifts that is really nice when you receive them. That's why I always tell people don't overlook the note when you send a gift. I think so many people are just like, oh, I sent them something. It's like, well, that is nice. It's nice that you remembered them. But what did you write on your note? I think straight men are particularly guilty of this. You know, like, don't forget some sentimentality on your note really goes a long way. And especially if you've had to sacrifice on the budget, you know, people who have gone through hard times the last few years, like maybe their budgets aren't what they used to be. You can use sentimentality in your note. You can use some sort of emotional trigger in your note that will really up the perceived value of what you're giving. Um, but yeah, I just think people like to be acknowledged. I don't think there's really anyone who doesn't. And I think Oprah has done uh, a pioneering job of that over her long and illustrious career of, you know, and you get a gift and you get a gift and the excitement that it creates. But not just for the people getting it. Like, she's genuinely excited about giving gifts. I know I'm that way. Like, I love giving gifts as much as I like getting gifts, um, especially when you see the person's reaction. Or, you know, you'll go to a celebrity's house. Um, I'll be at Justin Timberlake's house because I'm friendly with his mom, and I'll see his dog playing with something we had put in a gift bag. Or I'll see the coffee machine on his counter. And, you know, I don't necessarily say anything, but it makes me happy. Uh, to see somebody using something that I gave them. And that trickles down, I think, on any level. So if you're sending something to your customers, send it from the perspective of, is it just a tchotchke that they're going to throw away? Like, that's not a great gift. Is it something that they can actually use in their day-to-day -day life? Is it something that every time they put on, like it's a bathrobe, and maybe your logo's on it, that's nice, but they'll put, think of you every time they put it on. Um, coffee mug, they'll think of you when, you know, they're using it and make their cup of coffee in the morning. So it's really just the thoughtfulness. Yeah, you, you bring up a really good point there. It's definitely a two-way street, isn't it? It's yes, it's receiving a gift, but also there's that buzz of being able to give a gift as well. Just purely out of interest, do you find from your own personal perspective, there's a difference when you're giving a gift to a celebrity versus giving it to maybe a family member? Or is, it, is the buzz kind of still the same? For me, it's the same. And I have asked that question a lot. Like, oh my gosh, you're giving this gift to Jennifer Lopez. What in the world are you going to give her? Or, you know, whoever the celebrity is. And it's like, honestly, I, I don't get so sidetracked by the fact that they happen to be, their job happens to put them in the limelight. Ultimately, they're just a human being. Um, and I give the gifts the same way. Like most people love, most women love candles, a beautiful candle or gardenias, like presentation with the, like, if it's a beautiful gift, it's a beautiful gift. It doesn't really matter who it's going to. With that said, I do think thoughtfulness is important for all gift giving, especially with celebrities. So if I was just doing a mailing recently of these super high end, um, purses out of Milan from Franzi, um, one of the oldest purse manufacturers in the world. Um, but they're made of leather, you know, and so they have a couple of people like, oh, we'd like to send it to these celebrities. And there were a couple of people on the list, um, Natalie Portman being one of them, who's very 
famously anti-leather, anti-animal you know, animal products. And so it's important to be thoughtful of the person that you're sending it to and do a little research. And with celebrities, that's easy because everything is online. Um, but it's even easier with somebody in your family that you're buying a gift for is to stop and think about what are their hobbies? What are their interests? You know, we were chatting before this, you're obviously a cyclist. So something that sort of fuels and feeds into a hobby that you know they're passionate about is always going to be better received than something that's just like a blind gift that may not appeal to them. You know, I play tennis. If I didn't, somebody sending me something tennis related would be a little weird. Um, so just do your research on the person that you're giving it to whenever you possibly can. It's actually why I'm a fan of loyalty programs from companies. You know, if somebody's using your product, that's a pretty good sense that they like your product. So I'm like, the car wash on the corner. I love getting to my 10th car wash because it's going to be free. And I keep that, you know, the little car that they keep. It's a silly example, but I think it's sort of a powerful one of if somebody's in love with your product, it doesn't cost you that much to give them a free product or to make them be conscientious about how often they're using your product. So I always think that that's something to keep in mind too. Yeah. You've touched on some really interesting points there. I think, um, because it's more than just giving a gift, right? Giving a gift sounds very simple and straightforward. You know, take, take, kind of cost out the equation that the kind of the the process of giving a gift might be quite straightforward but actually there's quite a lot of thought that needs to go into it in terms of what is your strategy behind the gifting right it's not just a case of just throwing gifts around for the sake of it you kind of need to be thinking about some key things you touched on some important points there around sentimentality doing your research into the the person that you're sending the gift to are there any other sort of key areas that um that brands should be thinking about when they're putting together their gifting strategy I think it's a you versus them perspective. I think a lot of people who aren't particularly great at gifting, when you take a look at why they aren't, it's because they're giving it from their own perspective. What would they like? What are they passionate about? Like we're going to, you know, it drives me crazy when I get these little Christmas cards that say a donation has been made in your name to blah, 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 fill in the blank. Um, you know, I got one last year was to the SPCA. Well, that's great. It's an animal rights organization. They do great work. I don't particularly like animals. It's not a cause that I'm passionate about. It's not something that resonates with me. Um, and, and so when you do something that's all about you, I think that you forget that the key part of a gift is really not about you. It's about the person receiving it. So making sure that that's always your perspective. It's sort of the same thing about logos. Like I think sometimes brands get so focused on our logo has to be front and center. Um, I was like, it actually doesn't. Like if it's a coffee mug and your State Farm insurance, like no one now wants to use the coffee mug because it's set your logo like front and center as opposed to figuring out something cool. Like we were working with um, Johnson & Johnson on this really cool initiative and they called it Elevate. So everything was about elevating the female perspective within their company. So anything we branded said elevate on it. And maybe Johnson & Johnson appeared underneath the mug or somewhere else. But now when you're holding your coffee mug, it says elevate, which is sort of a much higher brow perspective. And the person using it still knows where it came from. They still remember that it's a Johnson & Johnson item. Um, same thing with engraving. I think sometimes um, we did these cheese boards for a, a brand and they wanted to put their logo on it. I'm like, well, why don't we deboss the logo instead of like engraving it on the outside? That way it's more subtle. So I think subtlety goes a long way when it comes to logoing, like putting your logo on the inside of the robe versus front and center on the outside. Like there's little things that will make it a more meaningful gift for the recipient versus just about what you want as the giver. That's a really, really interesting point. So you're saying there, 
rather than having logo front and center maybe having something more sentimental there so that could be like a campaign you're running or something that could res you know that's going to resonate with the recipient something like that yeah um or like colors you know most brands at least big brands have like a signature color like there's no one who gets a blue tiffany box that doesn't know immediately before they even see the word tiffany that it came from tiffany um or if it's red or whatever the colors you can use your sort of branding element to sort of move that forward without just focusing on your logo. And you touched on earlier about um, giving gifts, thinking about the person that's receiving it, not thinking about what you would necessarily want to receive, which I'm assuming is probably quite a common pitfall that you see companies falling into. Are there any other common mistakes that businesses make when it comes to gifting that you would advise to avoid? Um, I talked about this whole tchotchke mentality, like, I'm not a fan of that. If it's just some random thing that it's not actually usable, it becomes a little weird. I think companies in general have gotten better about that. And like even the math companies that do these like foreign print or whatever the UK equivalent of of that, maybe they also ship there. They have so many options. I think that it's just like easier to find something that will be usable um, by someone without it just being like, what is someone even going to use this for? Like, I don't even understand. Like I've gotten so many over the years of those. Allegedly they recharge your phones. Like they're like the little block. I've never found any of them that work. I don't ever have the right plugin for them to like work with my device. Like I just got like a new iPad and it's got like a different plug. So none of the other stuff, like, I don't know. I find that that's a losing battle, uh, which also brings up an interesting point about technology. Like I think, there's this perspective by iPhone users that literally everyone in the world uses an iPhone, which is statistically just not true. Like percentage-wise, most people do not have an iPhone. Um, I just got one the other day. It was a, like an iPhone cover. It's like, well, I can't use this. Like I have a Galaxy, I have a Samsung device, you know? And so it's uh, it's always interesting. And you can't get too bogged down by that because ultimately I'm also a huge fan of regifting. Um, and so when you give something to someone, I think sometimes people get so paralyzed by what well, they don't like it. I'm like, they don't like it. They can give it to somebody else. If it's something good, that's why it's like important and why the logoing also can become tricky. Right. Um, uh, because now they know that you didn't buy it, um, which as long as you still give it thoughtfully, I don't really have a huge issue with that. Um, and you can even lean into that in your note, um, which I, I think is always important. If it's obvious that you're regifting. Just own it. Like, I don't think there's any issue with saying, hey, I got this, but it made me think of that amazing vacation we took to Greece, and I could not help but think of you constantly, and I knew you'd enjoy this more than I would. Now it doesn't feel so weird or tanky that you're regifting it. It feels thought- thoughtful. And, and thinking about regifting, is um, sustainability something that you're seeing more and more now with gifting? Is, is, that, is that something that you're looking to incorporate now with the, uh, with the brands that you're working with? Absolutely. I mean, I don't even think it has to be, I mean, I think people, certain people just organically that resonates with them and they want that to be the case. Um, But I just kind of think the ethos in the world right now just makes that easy. Like I think most people, most organizations are trying to make that an option. And I was just on a call yesterday with a new, it's a human made diamond versus a mine diamond. So it sort of avoids all the pitfalls of the sort of blood diamond and sort of the awful stuff that happens as a result of the diamond trade. Um, we're talking about ways to market and promote and, you know, there's all sorts of ways where it just organically happens. And in doing that research, I went online and it was insane to me, like in a pleasant way, I was pleasantly surprised how every major jewelry company that I looked at had 
fair trade diamonds or conflict-free diamonds available as an option. Um, most companies have an eco-friendly option available uh, to them within their sort of already existing inventory. Um, same thing with Black-owned businesses, female-owned businesses, other minority-owned businesses. I think it's really easy to find ways to support those passion areas, depending on the person giving it. That also makes it more impactful. So I guess the longer story longer in answering your question is that those things are readily available and you don't have to sacrifice the quality of the gift. You know, the last few years at the Grammys, we've really focused on making sure all of the gifts are either black owned, female owned, minority owned, or giving back to the world philanthropically in some way. And I think when we started doing it, even I was like, oh, I hope we can still get a lot of amazing things. And then what I realized is like, oh my gosh, first off, 75% of the stuff we were already giving, I just hadn't asked the companies about it. Turns out they were already doing those things. They were already instituting philanthropic programs, you know, as part of their standard business practice. I didn't know the company was maybe even not female owned, but female run that most of the people in their C-suite were women. I just had never asked. Um, and so it becomes much easier to do those things without sacrificing the quality of your gift. You just have to ask and do a little due diligence. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, last, we've covered some brilliant ground today. I've, I've honestly thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Um, I have two final questions for you. Yeah. I'd love to know, firstly, what's one of the best gifts that you've ever received? And secondly, is there a particular celebrity that you've given a gift to that you've um, maybe previously idolized or, um, you know, just been super excited to give a gift to? And what was their response to it? Okay, both great questions. Um, probably the best gift, I still use it this day, it was uh, all of my best girlfriends, I call them my sister wives, they all got together when I moved into my uh, new house, and they got me an amazing refrigerator. Um, and it was something that none of them would have spent that much on individually. So they all pulled their resources and gave it. And now like literally every time, I mean, it's this mass, every time I open the French doors to open the refrigerator, I actually literally think of them. Um, so it's just sort of a, a sweet thing. And I think some people are like, oh, it's an appliance, like an appliance is a gift. And it's like, literally you use your refrigerator every day. Like it's like, I don't have an issue with everyday items as gifts, um, especially when they fill, you know, a need. Um, and so, yeah, that's probably one of my, my favorites that I've ever gotten. Um, and then... Uh, the celebrity question is easy. Like you can't see it, but behind me, I have like a whole little gallery here dedicated to Barbara Streisand. And my hallway is lined with these special portraits that, you know, I had framed of her. Um, I know it's going to sound creepy, but I actually have a lock of her hair framed back here. My friend had the same hairstyle as if you brought me hair. <laughs> so I have a lock of her hair framed. So anyway, Barbara Streisand, since I've been like, 10 years old uh, has been, you know, a very important part of my life. I love her. I love her music. Um, I love the causes that she supports. Um, and so anyway, she was being honored at the Grammys years ago. And so I don't typically, luckily at this stage, having done it for so many years, I don't physically deliver the gift bags to, you know, the celebrities. I have an amazing team and, you know, somebody does that. But literally it was just so cute. Everyone at the Grammy talent department who I've become friends with over the years knew I love Barbara Streisand. Like there's no one who knows me doesn't know that I don't love Barbara Streisand. And uh, so they're like, Lash, we know you're going to want to give Barbara her gift bag yourself. She's coming at, at this time. This is when she's going to be in her dressing room. I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, so nervous delivering this gift bag. And so I was waiting outside to go in and 
I go in her dressing room and she's sitting on her couch and we deliver our gift bags and suitcases, rolling suitcases because it's easier and just sort of always been our little signature thing back when Toomey was our very first uh, client when we did our very first gift bag ever for the Grammys. Anyway, I rolled the suitcase in. I was like, Ms. Streisand, this is, you know, your gift bag for being part of the event. We're just so thrilled. I'm personally a huge fan and I'm just so honored you're part of the show. And she was like, oh, well, could you set it over here? She had a specific place. And so I moved it. Could you put it on a little bit of an angle this way? And, you know, so she is a perfectionist. She has very specific ideas. So she had it in a certain way. And um, so it was a short but lovely moment. Um, I had a much more prolonged moment with my uh, equal gay idol, uh, Bette Midler. So also at the Grammys, but I was taking Bette her gift bag and she was sitting on the front row right after her rehearsal. And I said, Miss Midler, this is your gift bag. She's like, well, what is this? I'm like, well, it's full of amazing stuff. And she was like, well, what kind of stuff? Is this import export? Like, how does this work? Like she had all these like questions. Like, it's really not that complicated. This is just a bunch of free stuff. Thanking you for being on the show. We love you. We think you're amazing. There's everything from listening to the items. She's like, well, how do you know my size? I'm like, well, aren't you a size four? She's like, yes. How would you know that? I'm like, Miss Midler, I know everything about you. I've been a fan of yours for my whole life. She's like, what is your name? I'm like, Lash Fairy. She's like, your name is Lash Fairy. I'm like, I know. It's really too good to be true, isn't it? Um, and so the next day, um, actually Grammy day, I was going upstairs or something and she was coming out of the elevator. I was going in. She was like, well, 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 it's Lash Fairy. I'm like, Miss Midler, you remembered my name. She was like, remember it. I'm putting it in my ass. Um, she never did by the way, but it was cute that she at least remembered my name for 24 hours. Lash, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. You've been listening to the Business of Customer Love podcast hosted by Mention Me. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to join us next time where we'll be speaking to some more amazing guests about how you can harness the power of customer love. See you again soon.